It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The question is, how's it going to go? This is the Rich Eisen Show. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. We're kind of like the number one overall pick. The Cincinnati Bengals select Rich Eisen, Chris Brockman, Mike Del Tufo. I'm into it. I don't know about that. The Rich Eisen Show. And now, sitting in for Rich, here's Dan Schwartzman. It is hour number two. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich Eisen. The Rich Eisen Show. Catch us on the Odyssey app and odyssey.com if you want to. Hop on the show, 844-204-RICH. That's 844-204-7424. Hit us up on Twitter, at Rich Eisen Show. A lot of NFL and college football talk in hour one. I do want to switch over to the NBA. I've actually kind of gotten into the NBA this season. They lost me for a few years. I'm not into this three-point style of game, but that's just me. I'm more the old-fashioned. Give me a true center, a big body in the middle. Turn around. Shaq would just dominate, although maybe he can't run the court fast enough today for these younger guys love the seven footers can he shoot three pointers no okay can't draft him hilarious brian mahoney covers the nba for the ap joining us here on the show brian let's start off right now uh with a guy i want to get into i talked about him yesterday a bit russell westbrook's value to the los angeles lakers brian what is it positive negative how do you view it it has been positive yet, but I, I don't think it uh, can. I think it can get there. I don't think it'll stay negative. I, I think they've just had a horrible time trying to figure out how they all want to play together. Guys have been added to the lineup. Uh, you know, first LeBron and now Anthony Davis, obviously, and uh, they need a stretch of games where they play together. And I think then, uh, you know, Westbrook played some of his best basketball at the end last year in Washington. You know, later in the year, and I think it may just take that kind of situation again, where he needs time to figure it out. And uh, I'm not sure how long it's going to take, but they're certainly not there yet. Is he a stack compiler in your view, or is he more than that? Well, he it's both. Uh, you know, he's uh, sometimes he, you know, he can put the stats up either way. Uh, they don't always be good stats. Uh, you know, he, he, some of those numbers don't necessarily contribute to winning. Uh, and, you know, the other day, for example, on Christmas night, we know he had a triple-double, but it was a horrible yeah. triple-double. He shot four for 20, and that didn't help win. So, uh, you know, sometimes the numbers do help you win. They haven't always with him. It has not been the case. You know, Brian, it's funny because I, I grew up a Nick fan, right? Grew up in New York City, and Carmelo Anthony is a guy that just irks me because Carmelo, to me, was the ultimate stack compiler, and then along comes Russell Westbrook. I'm like, well, look, there's two of them, and they now happen to both play on the Lakers. Is there enough time during this season of unrest where guys are in and out of the lineup with COVID into that health and safety protocols left and right for the Lakers to figure out how to dish that basketball around 
to where they can successfully win games? Is there enough time? It's it's a good question. It's probably they're lucky uh, that it is such a long season because you know certainly you'd like to have it figured out a little bit better than you do by now. Uh, by the time you get to Christmas time, you're talking two months into the season. Uh, you generally like to know what kind of team you have by then. The Lakers are seen miles away from that. Uh, there is still time. Look, LeBron's going to win them games in the meantime until they figure it out. As long as he's playing, they have a chance. Uh, but then eventually, yes, you want to get all your guys back and hope there's enough time left. Uh, I think they can, yes. Chatting with Brian Mahoney covers the NBA for the AP here on the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich on this Tuesday. All right, who's the better team, the Golden State Warriors or the Phoenix Suns? It's a good question. Uh, you know, I might lean Phoenix a little bit just with some of the guys they have, veteran guys who were – you know, in this last year, I think they, you know, brought back most of the same team, added a little bit. JaVale McGee's been great for them. Uh, you know, Golden State right now, maybe depending on a couple guys who you don't really know how good they would be in a playoff situation. We haven't necessarily been through it with them or at all. But, uh, you know, right now, either team looks great. Uh, they look head and shoulders above, you know, anybody in the West throughout the way this year has gone. Uh, but if I had to pick one, uh, even though Golden State just beat them, I would I would lean Phoenix. What's been the reaction around the league, Brian, with the Nets kind of backtracking on their hard stance with Kyrie Irving and now saying he's going to be allowed to be back? Obviously, he can't play home games in Brooklyn because he's not vaccinated, and he should be back sometime in a week or two. What's the reaction? I think it's one that you know a lot of people generally don't like but understand. Uh, you know, people would have liked to have seen the Nets. Uh, stick with what they did. Uh, they felt like it made sense that I have a part-time player there. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I think people realized it, it's some ways, you know, half a player is better than none when you're talking about a Kyrie Irving. Uh, they were, you know, the workload on Kevin Durant has been enormous this year. Harden hasn't played great up until the last couple games, really. Uh, you know, people don't want to see Durant play 40 minutes either. And if you get Kyrie Irving on the road games and that takes that strain away at least, it's probably worth doing. So I think people... You know, see the Nets reasoning at the time they did it, and they see now why they've changed their mind. Brian, should the league kind of adopt what the NHL did, which is, look, we had the Christmas break coming, and they extended it, and it's been literally a week since a game has been played in the NHL. They do have games scheduled for later today. Because, look, every day, Brian, and you cover this league, obviously it's your job, every day you just kind of look at this health and safety protocols and, oh, this name's now in it, that name's now in it, this team has three guys in there, that team's got ten guys in there. It's gotten to the point where, like, you show up to watch a game as a fan, Brian, and you might be watching a G League team wearing the jerseys of your favorite NBA team. Yeah, uh, you know, and I haven't liked that, Dan, to be honest with you. And, you know, if there was a way to, to do what the NHL did, if they knew they could have shut down for X amount of time and things would be fine, I, I would have preferred that, I think, because... Uh, you've had some situations where teams just couldn't field a, a real NBA team. Uh, you know, uh, Toronto the other day out in Cleveland had four out of their eight players were, you know, 10-day hardship guys. Uh, Atlanta had so many guys out. Uh, you, you just, you know, look, I understand the Nets had one where they had almost their whole team out. They lost to Orlando before they shut them down for a couple games. And, you know, uh, the NBA rules just get to eight guys and you play. And, and you know, by signing guys, teams got to eight, but they weren't eight guys who could win an NBA game. <laughs> you know, one game could make a difference at the end of the year in the standings. You never know. You know, it's probably, I'm watching some of these games, looking at these rosters going, is it 2017 again? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been fun to see some of the names pop up again that I do recognize. You know, the, the guys you're talking about, Lane Stevenson types and, and Greg Monroe. Like Joe and, Johnson. And everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Joe Johnson and great. Uh, but some of these, yeah, I'm like, wow, I wouldn't, you know, I would never know these guys if they were standing next to me. And, and I'm supposedly someone who knows NBA players, but some of them are just not NBA players. <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you, it, it's, it's, it's been bizarre this season. And frankly, in all sports, really, NHL has been bizarre. And the NFL's been bizarre. Ian Book's getting a start as a fourth-string quarterback. And, of course, the NBA has been the bizarro world as well. I want to get into, uh, look, Willie Green is somebody that I respect. I worked in Philadelphia, and I did a little show with Willie Green, and he's one of the nicest guys out there. The Pelicans, I do have to look, they're not a great roster, obviously, and Zion's been out. But in terms of them playing hard for him, does he seem, and it's very early, does he seem to be the right guy for that job? You know, it, it's so hard to say when, uh, you know, with the obviously not having Zion all year. Uh, I think they've started to bounce back pretty well from, yeah. a, you know, a horrible start. Uh, you know, I think what, it, you know, it hit them pretty hard. Uh, you know, when they first were talking about Zion, this was going to be, you know, back by opening night and then maybe a couple games after. And now who knows when it is. So I think that, that kind of thing shakes up a team a little bit, obviously. Uh, you know, your whole preparation. And then, you know, with a rookie coach, that's just, that, you know, that's a lot for any coach to deal with. But, the respect he seems to have and everything, I think, you know, there are, you know, improving. They had, you know, again, they're a long way out of it, but they have sure. certainly played better. Uh, you look at their, you know, last 10, they've won six out of them. That's that's pretty okay. So uh, I think it's way too early to say that they can't be, you know, eventually good. But, uh, you know, for this season, it's going to be hard to come back from such a bad start. Are the weight concerns involving Zion Williamson legit in your mind? I mean, I think they have to be, uh, you know, and I'm not saying he has to weigh 200 pounds, uh, you know, anything like that, but, uh, you know, he's a long way from that. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're talking about 300, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you, you'd like to say, you don't want to say this is exactly what a guy can or cannot be, but if you keep getting injured, uh, you have to look at maybe the weight is an issue. Uh, certainly I think that's something they need to, uh, push a little harder on. Now, maybe, uh, when he was a rookie, you didn't want to really go at him that hard with it, but, uh, and now the the problems are adding up, and it could be that that's you got to try something, and maybe that's what it is. Joined by Brian Mahoney, covers the NBA for the AP here on the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich on this Tuesday. What's the latest with Ben Simmons and the Sixers? Can they move him? I think eventually they can. Uh, you know, I think it's just a matter of you know how bad a deal do you accept back? Uh, you know, no one no one is making their best offer on this. They know that. You know, the, he seems to want out. They seem to want to eventually going to have to trade him. Uh, so no one's going to offer you what you, the deal you want. Uh, you know, eventually, Philadelphia's going to have to say, you know, there's only, you know, you can hold on to hope as long as you want, and maybe they, are, you know, can wait a little longer and hope he changes mind and says he wants to play. But eventually, that's going to be it. Seems not the case, and they'll have to say, okay, give us your last best final offer, and and we're going to take it. And that'll probably happen around the trade deadline, I assume. But doesn't the stance that he has taken, which is seemingly, I failed in Philly, the fans were mean to me, and I'm going to take my ball and go home, doesn't that turn off other teams and kind of show a weakness in his mentality? You know, and I'm sure there are teams who, who would say that. Uh, it, it's certainly something you got to you consider when you're making that kind of trade, give up what they're going to have to give up to get him. But at the same time, you look at the athletic talent. Uh, I mean, a guy who, despite not having any kind of a jump shot, <laughs> can still affect the game in massive ways. Uh, you know, tremendous defender. Uh, he's a one-man fast break. Uh, you know, get the rebound, go by himself. 
there's just so much to like about him that someone would say, okay, well, we'll deal with the negatives. Uh, but uh, at the same time, yeah, I mean, I, certainly there is a reason for concern when you see a guy who seems that affected by what happened in the last year just gives up on playing for a team ever again. And by the way, I mean, giving up millions of dollars to do so, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> bizarre. But here's what I don't get. How can he not shoot? It's still something that I cannot figure out. Your, your guy's played basketball forever, right? This guy's played basketball his whole life. He was a prodigy, right? I mean, this is a guy that we knew was going to be a first overall pick when he came over from Australia, played that one year at LSU. How is it he can't shoot? Can you explain this to me? Because I can't figure this out. No, I mean, it's hard to believe, especially because, you know, kind of what you were saying at the opening here about the way the game has changed. It's become a total shooting league now yeah. where they don't even want centers who don't even shoot threes. So to think a guy who's, a you know, a point guard uh, would never improve his shot, uh, it's, it's it's hard to believe a little bit. And, uh, you know, look, he's so good that he's been able to get by without it. And there are some guys who I guess can do that kind of thing. Uh, but. Yeah, you would think if you're a pro and you want to keep getting better, you look at you know uh, you look at a guy like LeBron James. He could have been a great player without ever improving his jump shot. He's just that yeah. athletic, uh, but he kept working on it. Same like you see Giannis now has become a much better shooter. Probably doesn't have to be a great shooter to still dominate a game. But Ben Simmons has apparently thought, okay, well I'm good enough the way I am in a lot of ways, and you know I don't have to ever improve this. But the bottom line is, if you want to be an all-time great, you have to do that, and we're not sure he wants to do that. But Brian, what's the word out there in terms of his work ethic? Is he a guy that's thought to be to be a hard worker that he works on it, or does he have a reputation of a guy that may not be the hardest worker out there who kind of enjoys the social aspect of being a basketball star? Well, there's definitely that concern. Uh, people were you know worried about that kind of thing. Yes, that he uh, you know was just happy being an NBA player and, and good enough as he was, and and not you know not committed, not not to you know spend eight thousand hours in a gym shooting jump shots every day, and then you know. Uh, look, you don't become, you know, <laughs> Stephen Curry could probably stop shooting ever in practice and still be good. But look at the work that he does, you know, before the games on, you know, non-game days. That's what it takes. And uh, Ben Simmons has, has not gotten there. No, he certainly has. I, it's, it's, I worked in Philadelphia, and that's the thing that just always is mind-boggling to me. How Here's a guy that talented, that much ability – who does? And by the way, when you watch him in practice, right? Like you always see the highlights of him in practice on Instagram and TikTok, whatever it might be, and he's draining three pointers. But yet in game scenarios, a he will never take a three pointer, and teams will give him that shot because they know he won't take it. Is there a confidence issue here as well? Well, that's what it seemed like it got to. You know, when when it was all said and done, where he wouldn't even shoot the layup in the last game in the playoffs. Yeah, there, right. and, you know, forget not shooting the threes. I mean, that was you know bad enough, but at least take other shots but when it got to the point where he was afraid to shoot entirely because they might foul him he'd have to shoot free throws and all that kind of stuff i mean you know we can't forget yes this all might be legit that he has a real you know serious mental you know issue with this here and and that he does need work on but uh the other part of it yes is the physical part the actual improving the game and, and all that stuff you know that's a separate problem unfortunately that some team be it the 76 or someone else is going to have to navigate Brian, this point in the season, we're about 33, 34 games in for most teams. Which team to you has been the surprise in a positive way? And which team has been the biggest disappointment? The, the, the positive surprise, you know, you might go Cleveland. Uh, you know, yeah. people didn't really know what to what to expect there. We're going to, you know, trade Kevin Love and play all these young guys and tank again. And they're, you know, they're pretty, they've beaten some good teams. They're pretty solidly in the middle of the pack in the East. And, uh, you know, playing just gave uh, Bickerstaff the contract extension. It's been a nice story there for sure. 
you know, on the negative side, I guess the Lakers. I mean, there's, there's yeah. probably a lot more teams in the category you could choose there. But, you know, when the expectation that this could be this awesome, you know, veteran super team with Hall of Fame kind of guys and, you know, you look at them under 500, I think that's the team you'd have to circle the most. All right, I got to be selfish here with my, with my last question, Brian. I grew up a Knicks fan, diehard Knicks fan, and I remember the Knicks losing out on Steph Curry by one draft pick, and they ended up with, I think Jordan Hill was the guy they took after Curry went to pick before them. Then it's R.J. Barrett going a pick after John Morant. R.J. Barrett just seems to be another guy out there. Are they cursed when it comes to the draft by one pick? <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> well, you, you just picked a couple highlights for sure that have killed them a little bit. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, come know, on. Uh, I mean, Morant is up here, and R.J. Barrett's just a guy, right? I mean, my goodness. <laughs> and you know, I think R.J. Barrett might still be a good player. He had a nice jump last year, but where it seems Morant is at, I'm not sure he's going to get there. Morant looks like a superstar, and uh, unbelievable. You know, jo- Jordan Hill, you knew all along was never going to be all that good, uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we didn't know Steph Curry was going to be quite as awesome as he became. So you might be right. I can't I can't quite rule it out that that might just be the answer that the curse. <laughs> you heard it here first, Brian. Don't forget that. All right. The curse of the New York Knicks by one draft pick. Brian Mahoney covers the NBA for the AP. Brian, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's to you and the family. Appreciate you hopping on the show. Same to you, Dan. Thanks very much. Awesome. Great stuff there. Brian Mahoney here on the Rich Eisen Show. Yeah, Lakers clearly have to be the biggest disappointment, right? The expectations on that team. But then again, is it fair to have any expectations on any team right now in the COVID era of basketball where, but again, you know, they haven't been really hurt by COVID, right? Anthony Davis is out with an injury. LeBron was out with an injury. It's not like they were the Milwaukee Bucks when Giannis was out on the health and safety protocols. It's not like they're the Brooklyn Nets where they have had Harden, they've had Kyrie Irving, they've had Kevin Durant on that health and safety protocols as well. The the news that is just coming down right now, though, when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets, is that uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and LaMarcus Aldridge have now all been cleared from that health and safety protocols. Aldridge had been in there for two weeks. Durant and Irving both went in 10 days ago. That roster had at one point 10 players on that list at the same time. They've had three games postponed already, and when they played Christmas Day against the Lakers, they did not, of course, have the full complement. And and uh, Brian talked about it. You know, Kevin Durant is playing ridiculous amounts of minutes right now. Ridiculous amounts of minutes. Harden as well. Harden played a great game yesterday. Kyrie Irving, though, it's going to be very interesting. He's a part-time player for the Brooklyn Nets moving forward. He will not be able to play home games at the Barclays Center. He also will not be able to play at Madison Square Garden because of New York's rules against the unvaccinated we'll get more into the nba my thoughts on what we have seen so far as we near the halfway point of this bizarro season of covid that's next dan schwartzman filling in for rich eisen right here on the rich eisen show it's that time of year people spring has sprung and that means spring cleaning or at least 
The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back on the Rich Eisen Show, Dan Schwartzman filling in for Rich on this Tuesday. Appreciate, appreciate again, Brian Mahoney hopping on, talking a little AP, talk, talking a little NBA from the AP. A lot of good information there. The Lakers are kind of a fascinating team to me. I want to get into them for a bit here. You know, on paper, that's a heck of a roster, right? I mean, lots of big names. It is, you know, the star power. It's Los Angeles. The roster's loaded. You have maybe the greatest of all time in LeBron James, who, by the way, isn't exactly missing a beat. You have Anthony Davis, one of the top big men in the entire game. And they have no excuse this year if they're all healthy. Right. Right. You're right. right? They have all You're right. There's, there's no excuse if they're all healthy. Absolutely. Now, again, they're not the ones being decimated by COVID. They just have had guys injured. LeBron's just been banged up. Anthony Davis right now is out for like a month. He's banged up. You know, you'd think they have a good bench. Guys like Carmelo Anthony, instant offense coming off the bench. He seems to have taken to his new role as a bench guy at this stage in his career. Okay, fine. You know, but here's the problem. You know, Russell Westbrook just puts up great numbers. But Brian Mahoney said it. It's like they haven't figured out yet how to use him in a positive manner, right? But can't you say that about his entire career? Like, OKC, I guess, figured it out somewhat with him and Durant. And they had Harden for that uh, couple of years before they let him go right before he hit stardom with Houston. 
But like Russell Westbrook's style doesn't exactly make others around him better. Because when he has a problem shooting, it doesn't help. When he turns the ball over five times a game, that doesn't help either. Yeah, he's dishing out 10, 11 assists. He's pulling down the rebounds. He's a hard-nosed player. I give him credit, all right? Russell Westbrook pulls down rebounds because he's given it 110%. He's six foot three. He should not be averaging 10 rebounds a game. Last year, he averaged 11 and a half rebounds a game. Isn't it more shame on the other guys out on the court that allow a six foot three guy to go out there and out rebound them? Maybe they want a better deal on a Jeep from his, uh, his Jeep dealership, his Jeep in, dealership in Van Nuys. Have you tried that line with him or no? No. No? You'll let him do what he wants if he uh, gives you a Jeep? Absolutely. I'll let you get in there, get the rebounds? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? Get those numbers up high? <laughs> get you know a Wrangler. Get me a better he's... deal on a Wrangler. But Art, he's six foot three. Like I give him credit because at six foot three, he's getting in there doing the dirty work to get rebounds, right? Like, shouldn't a six foot three guy not be getting rebounds in the NBA, really? That's yeah, short. Sure. The average height in the NBA is like six seven, right? So he's a hardworking player. He's not a guy that's taking nights off. It's his style of basketball that doesn't seem to have room for others to succeed in. That's why he's never won anything outside of individual awards, right? What is it? He's been this league now. We're going on like 14 years, 13, 14 years, and he's never led a team to anything. If the Lakers win, it's not because they have Russell Westbrook. It's because they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I understand the Lakers wanted to make a big splash, and every coach probably says, well, if I got my hands on Russell Westbrook, I think we can do this. But at what point do you just say he is who he is? What you see out there is the player he is. And while he's going to go to the Hall of Fame, and statistically speaking, he's going to have ridiculous numbers, and he's averaged four, He's had four years of averaging a triple-double, which is unheard of, he's not a guy that you can put on any team and ask him to change how he plays. And when the Lakers brought in Russell Westbrook, in essence, they were asking him to change the way he plays to fit in with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Well, what's that old saying? You don't teach a new dog or an old dog new tricks. I've had dogs, and they're absolutely right. My old golden retriever was not going to learn new tricks later in life. Russell Westbrook isn't in year number three or year number four where he's going to make the adjustment. Russell Westbrook is, what, 33 years old now? And he is probably over the hump in terms of what were the arch of his career, the arc of his career. And it comes down to the fact that you're not going to have Russell Westbrook change the way he plays. Now, Carmelo will change the way he plays in terms of understanding what his role is. He's not a starter in this league anymore, and Carmelo seems okay with that. He wants to hang around. He wants to keep collecting a paycheck. He wants to get that elusive, that elusive ring. Fine. By all stretch of the imagination, go right ahead and do it but you're going to have to change how you play. I don't think Russell Westbrook's capable of doing that. He's been the man, right? Ever since Durant left Oklahoma City, he has been the man. Goes to Houston, it's not a cohesive team with him and Harden. Goes to Washington, him and Bradley Beal aren't exactly getting along. On the court, at least, he goes to the Lakers, and the Lakers are a floundering team right now with too much talent to be floundering. 
And what's the common denominator? Russell Westbrook. His style of play, I don't think, is conducive to fitting teammates around him and putting them in position to succeed. And do I blame Russell Westbrook for possibly being incapable of changing his style of play? I don't blame him. You've been doing something one way for most of your life. It's very hard to change it. The way he's done it has won him an MVP. It's won him accolades. It's made him filthy rich. So why would you stop doing it? And can you? I don't think you can. And to me, that's the big issue here. Is you going to ask him to change? No. I think it's more on the Lakers to look back and say maybe it wasn't a smart move to bring in Russell Westbrook because he isn't adapting. And I asked Brian Mahoney the question, is there enough time for this team to actually gel? There's 46 games, 47 games or so left in the season. Is that enough time for the Lakers to actually gel? I think the answer is no. I don't think it is possible for them to gel. I think bringing in Russell Westbrook was an absolute detriment to that team. I think it does more harm than good to bring in Russell Westbrook. Look, if you're a lowly team going nowhere and you want to keep the fans coming to see you, you bring in Russell Westbrook. Guy's fun to watch, right? He's always out there. Again, he hustles, gives it his all. 110% effort type of guy. But he is destined to go down as a guy that doesn't win a ring. Unless very much later in his career, a few years from now, when he's really on his last legs and there's just nothing left and he can't play the way he wants to play because physically his body won't allow him to do so, maybe that's when some sort of an adjustment will be made and he will be a guy coming off the bench and he will finally get that elusive ring but he won't be the main reason or even one of the top two or three reasons why that ring was gotten. Maybe that's how the career will be. We we can all, all wish for Russell Westbrook's life and what he has done. I'm not trying to disparage his accomplishments because they are plentiful and impressive. What I am saying is that the way he plays basketball just doesn't fit in with LeBron James and Anthony Davis's style of playing basketball where you don't just pick somebody off a scrap heap and say, okay, let's make it work. You have to really tailor it, right? It's like you buy a fine tailored suit and every angle has to be perfect. Every curve has to be perfect, right? If you're going to spend good money on it, you want it to be the perfect fit. You don't want to walk out of that shop saying, "Ah, I can live with this sleeve being a little too baggy for me, right? No, if you're paying good money for it, guess what? You want it to be perfect. For the Lakers, they are a finely tailored suit when Anthony Davis and LeBron James are healthy. And if you're going to add a piece to it, you better hope that it fits in with the motif of that perfectly tailored suit. It has to perfectly fit. You can't be that one button that's off. You see what I'm saying, Art? It's like Russell Westbrook never fit into the mold of what would make this Lakers team successful, put them back over the top, and give LeBron James and Anthony Davis a true compliment that understands their role and, in essence, would be a role player as that third option. Uh, Russell Westbrook is far from being that guy. That at this point, we have no choice. you got to make it work. you got to. He's but not going can't. anywhere. He's not going anywhere. But, right, he's not. But you can't make it work. Some things you can't make work, right? 
Some things are too broken to make work. I think Phil would would have been able to make it work. No, Phil would have been smart enough to say we're not making this move. Phil Jackson, I don't think, would ever have brought in a Russell Westbrook. See, Phil's also about self-preservation. Always was, right? Like, Phil Jackson was about self-preservation. And part of that was, look, Kobe, look, Shaq, I know you guys aren't getting along. Uh, Can we please make this work for another year, right? We can win another championship. Because I think the biggest regret for any one of those guys involved with that team, and Art, you're an L.A. guy, was the fact that they couldn't make it work longer because they would have won more championships. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Phil kept it together as long as he could. And I think, you know, Kobe, may rest in peace, looked back and thought that may have been one of the worst decisions was that being broken up because him and Shaq just couldn't figure out how to... And I think it was more Kobe, honestly. I think Kobe would, would have admitted that. And I think he did, frankly, that it was more Kobe than Shaq in terms of why that did not work. He was a young guy, arrogant, uh, didn't really get it, I think, at that point, and wanted to be the solo man, and it hurt. And the so, Lakers should have won more. Uh, so is is Westbrook in that same mold as, as a young Kobe? No, because a young Kobe did adjust. Gotcha. A young Kobe, I think, gotcha. did humble a bit yes, in he terms did. of he did. right to make it work. I mean, look... It, Winning with Pau Gasol and Gasol is an all-time great, too. Don't get me wrong, but those are brilliant. You know, that's brilliant. And Kobe made adjustments. Yeah, Kobe was the man, and Kobe would take the shots. But I think Kobe also knew how to adjust enough to make things work. And he did. Russell Westbrook, on the other hand, plays a different type of game than Kobe, right? He plays a different type of game than pretty much anybody else in the league. Very few people out there play the way Russell Westbrook does. And for Russell Westbrook, he's also a guy that isn't afraid to shoot. The problem is he's not a good shooter. Russell Westbrook, for his career, averages about 19 shots a game. That's a lot of shots for a guy who can't really shoot well. You know, he's shooting about four three-pointers a game, and he hits 30% of them, not a high percentage. It's not good. He's never been a strong shooter, yet he still continues to put him up. He's like a volume shooter who can't shoot. Well, there's, that's why, there, there's your first step right there. May, limit his shots, I guess. But you can't. Again, teach an old dog new tricks. Now, his shots have been limited a bit this year compared to in the past. He's averaging 16.5 shots per game now. That's compared to 19 the year before that. And that's compared to 22.5 that year in Houston. So he is limiting his shots. Is it still at a level that's probably too high? Yeah, I think so. Although maybe he's had to do it because of the injury to LeBron and then the injury to Anthony Davis. But I just don't think when you bring Russell Westbrook in, and I think the Lakers should have been smart enough to realize this, they're a well-run organization. Like, did anybody think it was going to work? That's my whole point here, is did anybody think it was going to work? Forget name recognition in a quote-unquote big three, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. The names are great, it just doesn't fit. I didn't think it was going to work. Everybody I talked to didn't think it was going to work. Outside of the Lakers organization, I doubt many people knowledgeable in the NBA thought it would work. And everybody who thought it wasn't going to work, guess what? We're the ones looking smart right now. Uh, but the at Lakers this point, are the one holding the bag. At this point, Vogel has to make it work. Otherwise, I, you know, they got to they got to win the championship this year. It, it, that's the bottom line. Well, and also got to make it work. He signed for next year too at like forty-seven million bucks or something. So you're right; they have to make it work. You're not getting rid of Russell Westbrook. 
I don't think there's another sucker out there in the NBA that's willing to take on Russell Westbrook right now, give you something for it, and pay him 47 next year and the remaining amount that's left on 41 this year or 44 this year. Whatever he's getting paid, he makes a ton of money. It was just a boneheaded decision by the Lakers, and it's going to cost them. It will. And real quick, the understanding, though, was, look, how many more good years does LeBron have? It's the last hurrah of the last few years. Let's try to get there and win a couple of more championships. All right. The NBA season continues to roll. The NFL season is slowly coming to a finish. Just a couple of weeks left. Teams that are in the playoff hunt, what are they doing to try to ensure that they're not stuck playing an Ian Book in a meaningful game? The Philadelphia Eagles going to the extreme. What do they do? I'll tell you next. Dan Schwartzman filling in for Rich Eisen right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com Eisen. NFL season, just two weeks to go, at least the regular season. It's the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich on this Tuesday. So teams are obviously very nervous about keeping their players healthy, especially the teams that are involved in playoff races. And most teams, by the way, have not been eliminated officially. So a lot of teams still are mathematically alive to make the playoffs. And you can't have a situation like the Saints had yesterday, which is, having to start Ian Book because 
your starter, Jameis Winston, lost earlier this year with an injury. And then your backup and the third stringer, both Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon, lost due to COVID. Hence, Ian Book, your fourth-round pick out of Notre Dame that is nowhere near ready to play in an NFL game. You know, we first of all, yesterday. you know, during the game, I was having fun. <laughs> he was having fun. Wasn't fun watching him. And it was fun for the Dolphins chasing him. Eight sacks, 14 quarterback hits. But teams don't want to be stuck with having poor Ian Book start an important game for them. That was an important game for the Saints. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. A win there... A win there Keeps them well in that playoff race. That loss, really devastating. So what are other teams doing to try to not be the Saints with Ian Book? So the Eagles have come out today, and what they have now done at the NovaCare Complex, their beautiful facility they have wait there. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What? what? What complex? NovaCare. Okay. Why? What's so weird about NovaCare it's Complex? Weird. That's a weird name. No, it's a medical thing. You know they they paid to you know they paid to put their name on the building. It's like crypto.com instead of Staples Center. They're they're getting that because the name Novacare. I get the paid. crypto, but Novacare. Yeah, sounds like Novacane. You know, oh, people would, yeah, well, would yeah. you know. <laughs> I don't want to go to the Novacane building unless they give you Novacane. <laughs> no, I don't want what? any Novacane. No, because you know it's weird when you get Novocaine and then you try to drink and like water just comes out the other side of your mouth because you can't <laughs> exactly. control it, right? <laughs> That's what I pictured when I when you told right? me the Novocare bill. You try to talk, you're like, uh, what's wrong with him? He was at the dentist. So I try to lay off the Novocaine. When I go to the dentist and it's not, and there's a little drilling involved, I tell him, don't give me Novocaine. I'll just handle it. Because I just don't like the Novocaine. I hate the feeling of that Novocaine. Oh, right? totally. Dude, out totally. There. Totally. Can't feel half your mouth, and then you try to eat, and like, oh, you can't oh. chew. Yeah, absolutely. And so want to have a double double afterwards, mouth. and you just can't. <laughs> and imagine after Nova after Novocaine having a double double, you're just trying to chew, and everything just falling out of your mouth. And there's nothing. There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> oh, that's classic stuff. And that's right what there. I pictured when you said the Novacare building. I said, well, no, Novacare complex. It's like a medical thing in, um, in in Pennsylvania, I guess, and Jersey area. It's a beautiful facility. I used to go there all the time when I worked in Philly. And what they've now done, smartly, by the way, is they're now keeping their three quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew, and Reed Sinet, in separate rooms. Like, the quarterbacks are all kept in different rooms. I guess they're probably all connected by Zoom or, you know, video conference, whatever it must be, but... It is brilliant because what's happened is with this Omicron variant of COVID, which is incredibly contagious, you can't, you know, just being three three quarterbacks in a room, one guy has it, everybody's getting it. Vaccinated or not, everybody's getting it. So you can't have three guys in the same room anymore, especially at the quarterback position because it's the most important position on the football field. Again, thank you, Ian Book. So I think every team has to start adopting this policy of keeping all their quarterbacks separated. You know, first of all, you know, during the game, I was having fun. And the Eagles are going to have fun because they are going to have their starters available because they're the ones separating their quarterbacks. Thanks again, Ian Book. Remember Washington, what happened with them? They had to play against the Eagles 
with Garrett Gilbert as quarterback because Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen were both on the reserve COVID-19 list and the Eagles beat Washington 27-17. The Eagles now have a 65% chance of making the playoffs because of wins like that where other teams are losing important pieces of the puzzle due to COVID and the Eagles are saying, we don't want to be that team. We now have a legit chance. Eight players currently on the Eagles roster are on that reserve COVID-19 list. So, question, if yeah. you separate the quarterbacks, does your percentage go up? What's what's the Raiders, Raiders percentage if they do that? I don't know. I, it's, I, I think I th- the Raiders percentage of uh, winning, probably not very high. <laughs> you have a guy named Derek Carr as your quarterback. Because Mariota was on the list right now, right? Is he? Yes, yes, you're right. Mariota is on the list. Well, guess what? I think the Raiders should be separating too, by the way. I think every team should be doing what the Eagles are doing here. I think it's brilliant. really is brilliant, Art. It is absolutely brilliant to do this. Well, it's, it's smart. One of those Very steps smart. You, it is, right? It's one of those steps you have to take, unfortunately, because of the circumstances right now. And if you're the Philadelphia Eagles and you literally are on the cusp of making the playoffs. They have to win at Washington, and they have to win at home against the Cowboys. Look, that's those two games they could win. Rivalry games. Washington is a wreck right now. Sure, the Cowboys are, are very good, and the Cowboys, by the way, will be playing uh, in th- that last game. Week 18 for the Cowboys will be important because that game could determine where playoff games are going to be played. Home games, road games, whatever it might be. So Dallas isn't going to sit there and probably play a bunch of bench warmers unless the seating does not move regardless of a win or a loss. In the way that everything's so grouped right now in both the AFC and the NFC, I don't think that's going to be the case. So the Eagles have a difficult task ahead of them, at least in Week 18. But to win that game, you're going to need all hands on deck, and you can't have your quarterback out. You can't have Ryan Stinnett being your starting quarterback because both Gardner Minshew and Jalen Hurts are out with COVID. So separate them now. It's a big complex. You have a bunch of offices that are probably unused. Everybody's working from home anyway these days. The Novocaine office. Novocaine complex, right. Give everybody some Novocaine, send them home, and call it a day. That's all you have to do. So that's what the Eagles are doing. Nick Sirianni, rookie head coach. Don't know if he's the one that originated this, but he should take credit. Patent it. Definitely do it. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen show here on a Tuesday. Also, this new strange rule of the NFL took effect today, and apparently no one took advantage of it. So what it is is the NFL created this rule for the first time that you could actually start interviewing assistant coaches from other teams during the, the season. After, right. During the, the Monday season. after week 16. So literally two weeks to go in the regular season, you can start to interview assistant coaches for, I guess, your head coaching job. And then fire your head coach and then put him in there. But that's the thing, right. So no one took advantage of this and no coach was fired yesterday. And so far, no coach has been fired today. Well, here's what I don't understand about this. Unless teams are secretly meeting with assistants, but I think it's definitely difficult to be secret about it because I do believe if an assistant coach is under contract with a current team, you have to ask that team for permission to interview them. So it's going to get out that this team is looking to interview that assistant coach. And if you're the current head coach of this team, 
you're going to be like, wait a minute, what's going on here? I'm going to leave you guys in a lurch. I'm leaving right now. Fire me now and have somebody be the interim head coach for the last two weeks of the season. Now, who's who's one of the head coaches under in the hot seat? Uh, Chicago head coach? Nagy? Yeah, Matt Nagy in Chicago has got to be on the way out, right? I mean, that's... Well, that's if they do game. that to him, will he resign immediately? I don't think he'd resign. I think you want... Well, I don't know how it works in terms of if you resign, do you still get to collect the remaining amount of your contract? It's like, you know, if you're working in a normal 9-to-5 job gotcha. and you quit... Yep. You don't it's collect hard the EDD. To get unemployment. Right. You don't get the unemployment. If you get fired, you collect the unemployment because it wasn't by choice. So if Matt Nagy were to res- look, and Matt Nagy, I'm sure, has money saved up. He's been making millions of dollars. But if you're Matt Nagy, it makes absolutely. I don't, first of all, I don't know how many years he has left on his contract. But if you're Matt Nagy, if you have even another year left on your contract, it's probably like six, seven million bucks, right? Five, six, whatever. It's a lot of money. You're not going to resign. But what you you would do is you would walk into McCleskey's office there in Chicago and say, all right, listen, I know you've been interviewing so-and-so. You're obviously firing me in two weeks. Why wait around? It's embarrassing for me to take the sideline in week 17 knowing that you've been interviewing assistant coaches. So do me a favor and fire me. I'm not resigning, but fire me. This is Bush League, right? Gotcha. That's what he would do. absolutely. So Matt Nagy is on his way out. There's going to be, like, Vic Fangio apparently in Denver probably does get another year. That seems to be the consensus out there that they're not going to fire him. Well, they, the Broncos they are traded going to be sold. Vaughn Miller in the middle of the season, so it's, it's yeah. nothing to do with the head coach there. No, and the quarterback situation's a mess there, and that's yeah, not John Elway. John Elway is, hasn't found a quarterback. I mean, you know, to be one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of football doesn't mean you can identify talent at quarterback. Look at the mess John Elway The Raiders Elway beat had. him twice this year. There, that's the one positive for you as a Raiders. Everything goes back to the Raiders with you. Oh, that hamburger looks great. You know, that color is kind of like a Raider-esque black. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Unbelievable. Silver and black. Raiders. Silver and black, yeah. Well, I wouldn't want a silver and black hamburger. That'd be kind of strange. But, you know, it comes down to this that, you know, John Elway is more the reason for the lack of success there, and it's always hard to fire legends, especially where you played. But maybe it's time to move on from John Elway after Drew Locke and... You know what, Teddy Bridgewater and Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon and every other mess he has created there at quarterback. We'll get more into the NFL. What's going on with Baker Mayfield? Also, what other coaches should be on a hot seat outside of Matt Nagy? There should be a bunch, by the way, and ultimately, who may get into the postseason here? A lot to get into at the NFL. Man, Chris Landry. Our good friend from LandryFootball.com. The man knows everything, not just the NFL, but, of course, the big college prospects as well. He will join us to start hour number three, and why not? No better way to start an hour number three than talking some football. Dan Schwartzman filling in for Rich Eisen on a Tuesday on The Rich Eisen Show.